Welcome to the Weekly Juice Podcast, where we discuss all things real estate, personal finance, investing, entrepreneurship, and the many ways to achieve financial independence. We interview accomplished investors and entrepreneurs with the goal that their stories inspire you to take control of your financial future. Here to get your creative juices flowing while also documenting their own personal investing journeys are your hosts, Corey Jacobson and Ryan Bevilacqua. Welcome back to the Weekly Juice. As always, it's your boys, Ryan and Corey here with another episode. Today, we had an unbelievable episode. I think I've said that a couple of times the last few weeks, but this one is is by far one of my top favorites that we've ever done. Yep. Um, just a genuine human being, but also an expert in his craft. We were able to interview Mark Simpson. He is a property manager turned hospitality coach and the founder of Boostly. As a short-term rental expert and author, Mark helps investors maximize their revenues through direct booking and establishing themselves as true vacation rental brands to pull some of their business off of the OTAs, which are the online travel agencies, and bring them in-house for direct bookings. Listen, if you are in the midterm, short-term rental business, you want to be in that business. I'm, I, when I say you, you must listen to this episode, I mean you have to. Like, Mark is completely changing the game, and he blew our minds a couple of weeks ago. We had a kind of a consultation call with him to to not only vet him, but just like learn about what he does in our specific business. And we're like, we have to tell the world about this. Like, I think he's been on bigger pockets. Uh, so, yeah, he was on bigger pockets, but this episode is like. He's breaking down exactly why you need to have direct booking, giving you the exact tools, tips, tricks, and how to to go do it yourself and do it through Boostly, hopefully. But this episode wasn't like a breakdown as much of an investor specifically, but really, really high-level informational advice to, to insert into your business if you're looking to be in the hospitality, short-term rental, mid-term rental business. You need to do it. I'm telling you. Like When we listened to this episode and we talked to him, he w- he just was like, there's so much knowledge oozing out that I was like, this is something that just has to happen for our business or you're going to get swallowed up with some of the algorithm changes and things that are going on with Airbnb and Verbo. It's, I will say everybody was drooling over our Brandon Turner episode yeah. and and it just, because of the big name and, and the re- renowning success that he is, people j- dove in and that was one of our top episodes. This will be one of our top episodes from a guy that's lesser known because of all the jam-packed, incredible information that he gives you. It's free game. It's basically like the spark notes of one of his books. And so if you are interested in short-term rentals, you have a short-term rental business, or you're going to get one in the future, you have to listen to this episode. We're not trying to sell you on literally anything here, but it's it's going to make you better by a million by just listening to this episode. There's a couple of vocab words that I actually want to go through yeah. um, because we talk through a little, a couple of different acronyms throughout. So for those who don't know, I'm going to run through a few so you understand what we're talking about in the episode. When we mention OTA, that's an online travel agency. So think of Airbnb, Verbo, Booking.com. If we say STR, that's a short-term rental or a vacation rental, as most of you know. EMS is a property management software. SEO is search engine optimization. So that's on the marketing side. And we talk about a little bit about Google and, and how to use that. Um, and then FPG, I'm not sure if we dove in on that, but that's future potential guests. And Mark mentions that throughout his show. So um, once again, incredible episode. And Mark has also authored two books. So if you're interested and you hear you know, maybe the first half of the episode and you're like, whoa, I just need to get this book and dive in. The two books that he has out are the Book Direct Playbook and the Book Direct Blueprint. Make sure to give them the read. I've already bought both of them, read through one. I'm on my way to the next. And uh, I just think if you can't tell without, We're so like, come yeah. on, it's just the energy that we have about this. This guy is the real deal. 
And the amount of information in this episode, actionable advice you can take and implement in your business today is bar none. There's certain times where you kind of, you know, the, the saying, you don't know what you don't know. Like we listened to him talk on a, on a different platform. And it was one of those things that like hit you like a ton of bricks because it was, we've been in this real estate investing business for three and a half years and had never even like heard of what he was talking about. It was kind of one of those things. It's like, yeah, I know how to buy a duplex. I understand. Like it wasn't, this isn't an episode that's like a story that you've heard before. It's a totally different way that can flip your business on its head. And it's as we move into 2023, 2024, and 2025, there's a shift coming. And Marco explained in this episode, we could talk about it for hours. I don't want to give too much away. It's a little bit of a longer episode, but you know, you'll be the judge. Stick around. It's incredible. Let's bring Mark in. Let's do it. As you know, we talk a lot about financial independence, building revenue streams, and buying yourself more income. Wanted to give our listeners a special opportunity to potentially add a different revenue stream for themselves and into their portfolio. Tune into episode 110 to hear Corey and I peel back a couple layers on something that we're investing in currently at the moment. Just gives you a snapshot of where we are in our journey and gives you the opportunity to invest as well. This specific opportunity is to invest in a YouTube content monetization channel. And we go through every single step of the way, how we got involved and all the ins and outs of it. If you're interested after listening to the episode, feel free to drop us a DM. We're happy to answer any questions that you have and we'll point you in the right direction. Mark, officially welcome to the Weekly Juice Podcast. Corey and I are so excited to have you on the show. I know we talked a lot pre-recording, but um, we have read one of your books. We've done a lot of studying up on your background, listened to you on the Bigger Pockets podcast. You are absolutely killing it in the direct bookings field. But um, we wanted to introduce you to our audience, bring you on the show. So thanks for joining us today and sharing your story. No, my, my absolutely pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So if you could give us a little background for those who don't know who you are, where you're from, and then how you got into the hospitality business in general. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so as you can tell from the accent, I'm from over the pond. I'm from from England, from a, a little town called Scarborough in the northeast of England. And for anybody in America trying to wonder where that is, maybe you've recognized it before. If you've ever heard the Simon and Garfunkel song about Scarborough Fair, that is literally about our, our hometown. Um, our hometown is a very small place, but it's the second most tourist destination in the UK after London. Uh, it was one of the first ever tourist destinations. So that basically means one in every like three houses it feels in Scarborough is a hospitality venue, whether it's a hotel, bed and breakfast or vacation rental. And I pretty much was born into hospitality. And one of the rare breeds, most people fall into hospitality from another industry or career. I was, I was born into it and I was born into a 200 acre farm stay uh, bed and breakfast with with holiday accommodate holiday let accommodation. And it was uh it was ideal. It was out in the middle of nowhere. Um, you know, when my parents decided to knock down a barn and turn it into a bed and breakfast, this was like very early 90s, 1990s. And this was before, you know, internet, this is before social media, this is before online travel agents, Airbnb. So they had to rely heavily on offline advertising, magazine ads, newspaper ads, and word of mouth. And, you know, I was just grew up through school, just so used to having strangers in my house the whole time. You know, I was, I was, uh, so used to it when I went to friend's house to play, I was like looking for where people were. It was so quiet. I was just so used to growing up in, in that. And you know, I lived it. I breathed it. I was doing, um, the breakfast before going off to school, changing beds, doing all the sort of things. And, um, basically late teens, I wanted to do one thing and one thing only. And that was to escape because <laughs> I was just so in it in the little village and I wanted to travel. I wanted to be a soccer player. 
but I'm not very good at playing soccer. So I started doing coaching, uh, got my coaching qualifications, got a UEFA B coaching badge, which was amazing. And got an opportunity to come to America. So pretty much for the whole of the Northeast from 2002 to 2009, I was spending six months in America, traveling to every state, coaching soccer, like any, for anywhere from like four-year-olds to 18-year-olds. Uh, and then for the other six months, I was back in the, back in the UK and did that for so long. And uh, so about 2008, I sort of thought, well, I'm never going to get my green card. You know, I'm not going to really have a full-time career over here in the States. So I need to sort of go back to the UK and figure out what I'm going to do in my life. And then that's when I fell into London. And moving down to London was pivotal because I, I sort of started working at a company called uh, Yelp, you know, the big review site. Yep. I was doing sales and I was doing marketing and just sort of learning all, everything about, this is 2009 going into 2011. So I learned all about Facebook, about Twitter, about TripAdvisor, how Google works, you know, all these sort of new social media and marketing and sales. And um, 2012, my parents' business was still running. This is 25 years in. And they were sort of thinking about retirement. And I'm the eldest of four. Um, and they asked me and my my wife and my um, my eldest, who was like one at the time, uh, if we wanted to move into a family business. And we, we we jumped at the idea. We thought it'd be a great place for little Alfie to grow up. And uh, for the next two years, I basically put 25 years worth of offline word of mouth and we put it online, coupled in with everything that I learned in London working for, for Yelp. And it, you know, it went, it went crazy. It went like wildfire. It was just, it just took off. So we uh, were able to sort of grow our Facebook following to being the most followed local business page in the area. Our TripAdvisor ranking went into the top three. And we grew to a point where 80% of our bookings were direct. 20% were coming from booking.com, the Expedia group. And then obviously over the years, and Airbnb founded and they sort of crept in as well. And then um, in 2016, I read a book by Tim Ferriss called The 4-Hour Workweek. I don't know if you've heard of it yet. Oh yeah, <laughs> sure have. So uh, read that book and it changed everything. Because up to that point, I, just, I sort of wore that busy badge on my sleeve, like very proud, you know, uh, doing everything ourselves and whatnot. Learn about virtual assistants and virtual team members and delegating and outsourcing. And, and that was it. It was just, we're off with the races. I was able to sack myself pretty much from our family business. And with the time that I created, I started to go to tourism meetings in, in our area. And like I say, very popular tourist destination. One in three businesses is hospitality in some way, shape or form. And so we had a big tourism group and it was about a hundred people would always meet up every month. And I'd just go to these meetings just to sort of see what other people were doing. And it was at these meetings where I got the idea for Boostly because when it came to marketing, I was asking the question, you know, what are you doing to bring in your own bookings? And I was expecting them to say, you know, Facebook ads and Google and website SEO. And they were just looking at me blank face and they were like, well, we get our bookings from booking.com. And I was like, okay, well, that's a bit crazy. Like what happens if, you know, you lose your listing or what happens if you get a couple of bad reviews and da, 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 da. And they're just blank face. And so um, I started to ask around, looked around on Google, like who's helping hosts, who's uh, providing support. And there was nobody. And uh, 2016, about October time, I created a group called the Hospitality Community Facebook group. It's still there today. Everybody can come and join. Um, it's a free group. And just every single day, I jump in there and I give help and advice in some way, shape or form. And it was meant to be just for Scarborough. That was like the foundation. It was just for Scarborough. I never had visions that I'd be speaking on a podcast, you know, as someone in America right now. And, uh, and, and it just took off, you know, people from outside of Scarborough started to request to join. And then we had people from Scotland and Europe and Australia and America and Canada. And before I knew it, we were like a thousand members in and everybody was asking questions. My, my inbox was getting full with questions. So I just thought, you know what, there's something here. Uh, my wife gave me an idea to, to call it Boostly because I was going to call it Boost Hospitality. She said Boostly for sure. 
And um, we, I just created um, tutorial videos, uh, put it behind a payroll um, on Thinkific of all places. And we just sort of grew that. And then for the last, for basically the last four years, we sort of pivoted to being a website design agency with e-learning services. And that's really become our niche. And we just focus on one thing and one thing only, that's direct bookings and how to generate direct bookings, how to grow your business to be not reliant on Airbnb. And now my mission and my goal is to help 1 million hosts cut down on their over-reliance on Airbnb. Um, and we do that through web design. We do that through training, content creation. And um, yeah, fast forward to now. Last year, we generated 5 million pounds or $5.5 million worth in direct bookings for our websites. Um, we've got over 2,000 members from all over the world and we've got two books. So yeah, that's where we're at. Amazing. Uh, I know Rai's got a million questions. I just wanted to touch on the fact that we've gotten to know you over the past month or so, and it's been awesome. You've kind of lit a spark for us um, as Rai and I shift in some of the business ventures that we're doing. But I wanted to paint the picture a little bit even more clear for people on why what you're saying is so important. And for example, if you think about like the word Q-tip or, or the product Q-tip, it's actually a brand. It's not the product, right? So, or Kleenex, it's not a tissue, it's the brand. When people talk about Airbnb, should I get an Airbnb? Like that, they, they, they recognize that as like a short-term rental, when in fact, all Airbnb is, is a platform. So when you have that in mind, you're essentially relying on a different CEO and a different business model to be able to run your own business. And why that's dangerous is because you don't know what their plans are for the future and how they're handling new things coming in. And one of the things that we talked about with you that your prediction is, is that Airbnb will end up having like a 15% fee to hosts because of all the negative feedback that they're getting from guests. And something like that, I'm not saying that you're, that's just a prediction, right? It's just a guess. But something like that going from 3% to 15% is going to change everything for people who are relying on Verbo and Airbnb for bookings. So it lit a spark for us. And we were like, okay, like we have to be able to change our model from 95%, actually 100%, not, we had no direct bookings to bringing in people to our short-term and mid-term rentals, making sure they love it, and then making sure they come back and booking direct. So that is what, for me, I was like, holy shit, like this is bigger than just like, we should use Mark's product. Like, no, we have to. And a lot of other people have to too. So I just wanted to throw that in there as to why it's such a valuable interview that, and I'm glad we're able to do that today. No, awesome. No, you're absolutely right. And, um, and, and, and this is the, this is the problem. I mean, Airbnb have been so fantastic at, at branding their, their business and building trust into their platform. Uh, Joe Gebbia was one of the co-founders. He did a Ted talk. You can go find it on YouTube. It's about 2017. And, and he was explaining how Airbnb was built for trust because they had to convince not only homeowners and, you know, landlords, uh, and, hospitality businesses to go onto their platform. They had to get the guests to trust it as well. And they've done fantastic work in doing so. They've got so good that they have created the verbiage of short-term rentals. Like you say, they have, they have Ubered this industry. The, the, the problem with that is that if they keep on going, then, you know, what's to say that they don't just stop at 15%, you know, they could easily go, you know what, chaps, you know, Corey, like Ryan, you've done, you, you've got your business here. I can see we're generating tons of revenue for you. I think this 15% is a little bit unfair. Let's knock it up to 30. Boy, I actually think this is a 50-50 partnership and they'll just keep on going. Like for, for Amazon, I've, for last year, I worked with Amazon for the first time. For every book I sold after printing and all of that, I ended up only pocketing 30%. They took over 60% commission for every book sold. And that's because they have 
dominated and now dictated the, the, the book industry. So there's no reason why Airbnb can't do the same. And so this is why we have to sort of put a stop to it. And I'm not saying go cold turkey. This is the big misconception of what I talk about is I'm saying, people think I'm saying you've got to leave Airbnb. I'm not saying that. What I want the goal for everybody to be is that let's say we're 65% direct and then 35% other. So when there's a massive change on Airbnb or whether there's a big thing on Verbo, or let's say your Airbnb listing gets shut down, you just brush it off. You don't worry about it. You know what I mean? So it's like you, if, if there's an algorithm change, you'll just go, oh, that's nice because you are so not reliant on that platform. And it's and it's the cool thing is, is that it's not massive. You don't have to spend tons of money. You don't have to take lots of time to do it. It's just small little chunks, 1% every single day. And you will, you will get there. It's just, you have to start somewhere. Yeah. I really like that. You have a, you have a saying, you should never build your house on someone else's land. Right. And that kind of now is ingrained in my head uh, where it, it just makes so much sense. We're building our own brand and business, but you're doing it on someone else's platform. It just, it doesn't make sense. They're taking a huge cut. What could it be in the future? It could be a gargantuan amount that you just, they basically overtake your business. Right. And then for yeah. us, if Airbnb shuts down, we have nothing then we just have to pay our mortgage every month and we have no bookings coming in. So the data collection is key. The marketing is key. The hospitality is key. There's so many layers we'll go into here, but we saw this example though, just to, just to paint that picture. We saw this example with a friend's uh, Airbnb listing and they had like six reviews and they were five, all five star and they got one negative review and somebody was just having a bad day. Like they listed 12 things and all the other people loved the property, but it wasn't like there was 75 other reviews. There was only six. So it took their listing from five stars down to 4.3 and then boom, it's in the back of the algorithm and then you're not, you're getting no bookings. And it's like, wait a second. Like I put, you know, the, whoever it is has put all this time into building this business and, and making sure that they have all the property management in place and the furnishings and everything. And then they're relying on another platform that just kind of wants the five stars to pop up, even if yours is a five star. So yeah, I'll let you ask the question that you're going to, but I, I just wanted to say why, like, this is why this is so important. We've seen it happen in real life. That's yeah. why we were like, Oh, we need to make a pivot. Luckily we're for us, right. We're only two, three months into our short-term rental business yeah, exactly. owning a property. Um, and that's we're trying place. to grow it. This is how you do it. Exactly. We're trying to grow. We're trying to scale this thing. And, and uh, with the help of Mark, we, we're going to do so. But Mark, I want to I want to jump this back to you real quick. And so say people hear you're like, hey, I get the message. I need to start booking direct. What steps do I take from here? Let's just say maybe they have one to two Airbnbs, but hopefully you can give advice for people that are on the small scale like that. And then also for people that may run 12 to 15 of these things and, and run a short-term rental business. Um, I think a lot of the advice will kind of weave back and forth and kind of apply to all. But if you could just give us a starting point, like take us through this thing. Well, I think the best place to start, and this is a common question, like where's the, when is the best time to start? And the best time to start is a property number one, uh, because otherwise what happens is if you don't start at one and let's say you think, right, property number seven in my, in my journey. And that is when I'm going to get the systems in place by that point, it could potentially be uh, very late. So what do I mean by that is that when you start a property number one, um, you call it the red house, right? Everything is, is the red house. You know, you, you, you think, right, that is the red house. You list it on Airbnb as the red house. You know, any, anytime anybody asks you, you know, what's the name of it, you call it the red house. But as soon as you go property number two, that no longer is, no, your business is no longer known as the Red House. Then you've got to start to build the brand. So when you got talk about a brand name, so whatever that brand name could be, you could call it Boostly b, b But then that is when we go to the next stage. So property number two comes along. 
and you've got your Airbnb listing, you've got your Airbnb listing. And then you think, well, hang on a second. I've got to uh, now connect it to another program. I want to go on this thing called Verbo that people are talking about. So you go, you go create a Verbo account. So then you think, well, Airbnb will be my main calendar. I'm going to connect that with via the iCal, which is like a little calendar link that they give you to Verbo. So you never get a double booking. And I've seen it so many times where people go two, three, four, five, and they keep everything on Airbnb and they got Verbo going over here. And it just becomes a bit of a spider's web and becomes a bit of a mess. So the best thing to do is that property number one, the first thing you need to install into your business is what's called a property management software tool, otherwise known as PMS. Now, the problem is that there are over a thousand different property management software providers. There's too many. And there will be consolidation at some point in time and that thousand will get narrowed down. But um, what we've done at Boostly, we created a blog post because we wanted to make easier decisions for people. So we we, we interviewed over a hundred hosts, pros and cons of every PMS that they're using. We compiled the list. I think we've got the top 20. So if you go to Boostly, B-O-O-S-T-L-Y.co.uk forward slash P-M-S, P for Peter, M for Mother, S for Sugar, uh, the the whole list is there. Just go and pick one. There's, there's names that you'll recognize and the names that you'll see in Facebook forums and all of the things, but just go and pick one. Book a couple of demos and pick one, whoever you go with. And the cool thing is now is that there are solutions that are budget um, and there's also ones that are offering so much services and features and tools than when I first got started back in 2012. So just go and pick one. And what the property management software tool will enable is that will be your central platform that you go to every single day. That will be the the, the first tab that you open when you sit down to do admin, because with a property management software tool, it controls your calendar. So when, once you've got that, you can then link it to your Airbnb. You can then link it to your Verbo. You can link it to booking.com. You can link it to other listing sites, which is really important. So, so we don't become reliant on one platform. You list your property on so many places and you're controlled by a property management software tool. Another bonus is that you can then bring in a payment gateway. Stripe is the most common one. Um, all of the PMS providers love it, integrate with it and use it. There are others. And I know there's some cryptocurrencies starting to try and come into hospitality, but for now, just to play safe, go with Stripe. So what that means is that when you've got a payment gateway, you could message me. So you'll have checked out of my property. Six months later, you call me back and say, yeah, I'd like to come back again. What I see so many hosts doing, and I see it on their Instagram profiles, is they've just got the link to their Airbnb listing and people just give that. Like we are literally doing the marketing <laughs> for Airbnb, but how powerful would it be instead? Just say, yeah, no problem. Uh, we've got you. What dates would you like? Yeah, absolutely. I'll book you in. Here's a little payment link. Can you pay via here? Done. Direct. Solid. And that's what the power of a PMS gives you. And then the other thing, which is a website. So it gives you the power to have a diary booking website where you can showcase your properties. Um, and it's this is all done via having a PMS. So those three things are important. And if you start a property number one, you're laying that correct foundations to where you can grow and scale. This is awesome. So let's say somebody's listening, Mark, and they're thinking, okay, that sounds great, but it sounds like I already need to have customers in order to do this, right? Do I start them out? Do I get them on Airbnb and Verbo first and then convert them over? You mentioned something about a customer avatar. So you're talking about finding the the exact person who you want to be, who, who you know would want to book your place, right? Is the best way to do it is start out on Airbnb, get some great listings, and then reach out, get some great listings, get some great stays, great reviews, reach out to those people and then try to convert them? Or do you start, do it, you reverse engineer it from the other side? Well, I feel like before you even get hold of your property, you need to have a good idea on the market. 
So obviously you've got tools like AirDNA and et cetera that can give you monitorial values of what's going on, but you also need to do a deep dive to find out who is coming to the area. You've got to do that bit of a research. So when I talk about customer avatar, it's it's all about identify and attract and then basically appeal to, to, to get them to come in. So with identify, you've got to know, all right, so you've got a property by the beach, right? And why are they coming to the beach? What What's it for? Well, it's it's ideal for, you know, people escaping from the city. You know, it's got about a three to four hour uh, drive by, drive away from the big cities. It's got those boxed off. It's ideal for surf. You know what I mean? So it's like the, the, the people that are coming here will be X, Y, and Z. And so once you know who the avatar is, once you know who the, the majority of the people that are coming to the area and you find your property, you go, all right, this is the property, the numbers look good. And this is the reason, and this is who my property will appeal to the most. Because even if it's by the beach, there may be a property, like literally a stone throw from the waves, but there's another property that's a little bit more inland, maybe the other side of the interstate, that isn't going to be as appealable as the one that's right by the sea, because there's going to be different people that could book that for whatever reason. So you've got to think, okay, so first and foremost, this is the avatar of people that come into my area, but this is what this property really speaks to. And then that is where you double down because the big problem in this industry is that we try and appeal to everybody. If you say to somebody, you know, who's your ideal guest, who's your avatar? And they'll say, you know, tongue, tongue in cheek, anybody who pays me money. And that's the problem. We like, we try and appeal to everybody. And when we appeal to everybody, we appeal to nobody. So if you can really double down on, on your niche, so, so much so that there's no room for anybody else, then that's how you will succeed. Because the people that complain about oversaturation, it's a word I hear so much when there's tons of people coming to an area, I say, oh, it's saturated. It's not saturated. It's because everybody in that area is trying to get the same bookings. But we've only got a certain amount of inventory. We're not an Amazon store. We're not an Etsy store. We don't have like unlimited downloads. We've got only a certain amount of heads on beds. And if you've only got one property, and let's say you're booking out for 50 weeks of the year, that's only 50 bookings and say you're going to average of like a, you know, a week stays, that's only 50 bookings that you need out of the millions of people that are searching on, on these platforms every single day. So when we talk about avatar, it's figure out who is coming to your area, why are they coming to your area? Then look at your property. What does your property have? What does it not have? Who will it appeal to? And then when it comes to the attract stage, it's that's when the marketing kicks in. So what pitches and what order what are you going to talk about in your title? What are you going to talk about in your description? What's going to be your marketing message? What's going to be your social media message? And how are you going to best explain it to a stranger? So the stranger test is great. And the best way to do that is, you know, just coffee shop, supermarket, and they ask you what you do. You just explain what you do is in short-term rental owner, we're ideal for X. And, and that's like a good little grunt test that you can, you can, you can do on people to see if, if what you're talking about resonates or, or not. So that's what we talk about when we talk about avatar. Mm, thank you for that. I also want to talk about um, each, I guess it's kind of goes towards the avatar, but when people stay at your property, right? You, you mentioned there's a story behind every booking. Can you talk to the importance of that and what you can do as a short-term rental property owner and business yeah. owner to, to play to that and, and kind of like utilize that for future bookings? Yeah, 100%. And, and I think that this is where hospitality really comes into it. I mean, there's a, there's a saying that there's a, a story behind every host. Every host is a story. Every host is that bad guest. Every host is that amazing guest, that funny story, but the booking as well. So there's a book, there's a story behind every booking and it's up to you as a host to try and uncover what that, what that is. Um, we, we've, we've talked a lot about having a, a guest success manager behind the scenes. And this is like one of the first hires that I would do after the 
standard cleaners, maintenance, et cetera, property, da, 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 is because when a guest books with you, we are in an industry that is not like no other. We are here to create memories. And I don't care whether it is a, a, a staycation, workcation, whatevercation, people will remember buying something from you. You can't speak to that with anything else, really, truly. Maybe music, because that's how you make you feel and maybe go and see a movie. But when it comes to like true memories that people will talk about for years to come is about the vacations, the staycations. So when a guest books with you, the problem that we try and do as an industry is we try and automate everything. We try and let everything run through hospitable or through your PMS or even just through Airbnb automated messenger. When, if you take a little bit of time to speak to the guest on a one-on-one level and find out why they made the booking, why they come into your area and, you know, is there a special occasion? If you can do that and you can find the story behind the booking, and if you can do something that will make that guest experience better than anything else I've ever experienced, then it doesn't matter if you're not the world's best marketer. It doesn't matter if you're very good at sales because you will turn your guests into super fans and they will do all the marketing for you. And it is as simple as a phone call. Uh, talked about this a lot. Um, 48 hours after a booking, there needs to be a touch point with the guest. And I'm not talking an email. I'm, I'm not even talking a text message. I'm talking a, a phone call, just a phone call from a customer success manager. And it's like a five minute call. And again, it's like, why did you book with us? Which is a good sort of survey. So you're talking about custom avatar, like ask 10 people why they booked with you. They'll tell you everything that you need to know. So we can have a misconception of what we think our property is great for and why we think that pitch is the one. But if you ask 10 people and they and eight of them say, well, actually it was this reason, you can pivot very quickly instead of just you assuming that that's the reason. But number two is a fantastic opportunity to have an upsell, give them something, you know, whatever that may be. And then you'll, you'll, you'll find out the story of why these people are coming to stay with you. It's, it's a, it's a superb tool. You know, what's interesting, Mark, is that I think what's happened to the short-term rental industry is it got looped in with this word passive income. And yeah. unfortunately, it did because there's a lot of people out there that are trying to automate everything, just like you said. And, you know, if I buy three or four of these short-term rentals, I'll, I'll be able to sit on a beach and not do anything. Now, you could do that if you had really, really good systems. But the problem with that is that you're not buying long-term rentals in... Columbus, Ohio, or Cincinnati, Ohio, where you can hire a property manager and actually not focus on it, you're getting a lot less revenue and a lot less profit. You're competing with hotels. And somebody yeah. in a hotel is standing outside your door with a hot towel. And the problem with assuming that you can do this with automation is that you can, but you're going to eventually get beat out by somebody who's better. And the best experiences and the best short-term rentals are the ones that are going to stand out in 2023, 2024, 2025. Because when you said the market is saturated, it is not saturated, but it's saturated for average. That's at least how I look at it. So you have to be elite. And the only way to do that is to have a personal touch, is to make sure that you're catering to the specific needs of that guest, and then getting them to come back to your place. I find it hard as a consumer to want to go back to a specific place because there's so many places to see, right? But that extra mile, that extra touch... Maybe you have places in other areas that you can stay with that same guest. So that's kind of the way I see it. I just wanted to throw that in there. I think that that's the way to be able to be successful if people are like, well, it's so saturated. Like that's a rebuttal to what you were saying regarding that. Yeah. 
No, you, you couldn't be further, like, couldn't be more spot on. Saturated is for the average. Like, if you can go a step and beyond, and, and we're not saying spending a ton of money. We're not saying that, you know, you need to, you know, put four or five figures in to do X, Y, or Z, like put in a games room or whatever. We're just talking about doing simple little things, simple little tweaks to enhance the, the guest experience. And, and it, it, it comes back, it comes back tenfold. So yeah, number one, know your avatar. Number two, um, have a hospitality first mindset because you're right with the, with the rise of like rentalpreneurs and automation and, you know, there are fantastic tools now available to small business owners. And these are, these tools were not available 10 years ago. Like we talk about dynamic pricing. They wasn't available to the masses as it was what it is now. And all these other cool things that you can do with Zapier and, you know, the, the property management software tools have leveled up. But with that being said, people have forgotten about, the core, what this is all about, it's about hospitality. It's about being hospitable. And, you know, the hosts that do that and the hosts that provide that will win because you're right. Hotels are back now, you know, 2020 hotels shut down, cruises shut down. People were exposed to the short-term rental industry. And you could literally open, um, as it is on YouTube, they opened a doll's house in London, a fake doll's house, and they got bookings because there's literally so, uh, so high de demand, but now hotels are back with that additional customer service, with the hot towel literally waiting outside your room, with the tuck downs. And I'm not saying that you literally have to be stood outside your short-term rentals offering a hot towel, but it's the little things that you can do and the touch points along the way that when everyone's zigging, you zag and you absolutely thrive coming out of 2023. Couldn't agree more. And one of the things when people think of short-term rental businesses, they always hear the reviews will make or break you, right? And because to us, we understand it to be, well, the algorithm will push you to the back back pages if you don't have great reviews. And then there's also the play of Superhost that Airbnb instituted and all that stuff. And you, you have to, you're playing to their business, right? So my question yeah. to you is, what are the real reasons that reviews are so key to your business? And then also, can you talk to tips and tricks you have for people to get good reviews? Because even if people have a good time, some places, they still forget to leave a review or they don't leave a review because they yeah. just feel like they had a good time, right? They're like, oh, on to the next thing. And you typically only hear not only, but a good portion of the time you hear from people that had had a bad experience so much so that they're angered that they're like, Hey, I'm, I'm writing a bad review because X, Y, Z did not meet up to my standards of what I thought I was going to be experiencing. Yeah. So reviews are so crucial and key, but not just hospitality, but every business. Like for me, we do website design and we have a, um, a page where you can leave reviews and, you know, I'm, I'm very thick skinned after being in hospitality for many years. I'm, I'm, I'm null. Uh, a numb to any review that comes in either really good or really bad. It doesn't sway me either way. If we get an epic review, I don't walk around like I'm the king of the hill. And if we get a shitty review, I don't like literally bury my head in the sand and sulk for a week. And, but they are so key. You know, you want people to give you their opinions and their feedback. The worst thing in the world is when they stay quiet. When they stay quiet, and if something's pissed them off, but they still stay quiet, that's the worst because they go home and they rant. <laughs> They'll rant somewhere that you will never find out. And this is where we bring it back to the customer success manager. The customer success manager, and again, you could probably get someone on 20, 30 hours a week. Um, it can be a virtual, it can be in-person or whatever. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be breaking a grand a month at all, but they are so key. And with working like 20, 30 hours a week, they're not just going to be calling somebody. Not, the touch point isn't just going to be after the booking and that's it. We're going to have three touch points. One is going to be after the booking is made. The second is going to be 24 hours after arrival, which is very key because 24 hours after arrival, 
little phone call, WhatsApp, whatever, text message, and just saying, hey, is anything, anything I can help you with? Is everything okay? Have you managed to find out how to turn a dishwasher on? Have you managed to find where the bin's at? Whatever it may be, ask that question then, because if there is something that is annoying them or something on their mind, and you can highlight it then and put a stop to it there and then, then that will eradicate that potential crappy review or that fume that they're going to do at the end of it. If there's a, a crap situation, but you look to make a fix and you fix it, then that's an instant boom, back up to five stars. So that's the, an important touch point. And then the other one, closer to the question that you asked, is 72 hours after the guest is checked out. Quick phone call. How was your stay? You know, what did you like? What did you not like? And if it could turn around and say, you know, amazing, say, hey, do us a massive favor, please. Could you just leave a review on X? I mean, it's not doesn't have to be Airbnb. Google is a fantastic spot. Uh, Facebook business page, wherever you want people to leave a review, send them to a place where they can leave a review. Email it, text them it, and just say, hey, do you mind just leaving a, a review here? The reason why we do it 72 hours and not 24 hours or on the day that they're checking out, and this is a big problem, is that you see, let's imagine that you're doing a service where you see the guest out. And I see this so much. So when a guest is checking out, there's a representative from your company that goes around, sees them off. And, and just as they're leaving, they say, oh yeah, absolutely. See you next year. We're not going back next year. See you next year. But they're saying it to be nice. Yeah, we'll leave a review. As soon as they get back in the car and they drive off, then the real world hits. They realize they've got to put gas in the car. They realize they've got to get little Timmy to soccer practice tomorrow. They've got a deadline at work this week. And they're literally, everything that you've said, gone. And the reason why we do three days is because after 72 hours, they're back into their routine. Everything's la da 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 la. And if you have somebody from your company contact them at that point, they instantly think back to the good times that they had on that vacation. You know, what did you enjoy? What did you not enjoy? Da da da. If they say, yep, yeah, I had a fantastic time, do you mind leaving a review? Also, as well, by the way, this is a really good one for a sales point of view. You say, hey, do you know anyone as cool as you that would like to come? Stay with us. Like we really enjoyed homing you. You were a fantastic guest. Is there anybody as cool as you who needs to come to Poconos or wherever, right? And they may say no. They may say maybe. They may say yes. And if they say yes, then this is where you dangle the carrot. You always have to dangle a carrot and say, hey, so if that, if you don't mind, set up a group chat, do a little intro. If that person books, and you know, obviously because of you, then we will give you why. And why could be anything. It could be Amazon vouchers. It could be I don't know, Disney subscription, whatever you want it to be, a $50 to $100 spend. And you may think a $50 to $100 spend, that sounds like a lot. But if you compare that to commission payments, if if that booking comes in and turns out to be a $2,000, $3,000, $4,000 booking, then that's a pretty decent return of investment. But you just have to ask. Um, I'm not sure of the author, but there's a book that's called Ask. And it is, it is basically about asking. If you ask somebody for something, they're more likely to act. And this is the problem with automation is it just goes into the ether. That email goes into the mountains of emails that are in their inbox. One thing that, that I like to do, and there's something that I get a lot of my members to implement, is to have it to where you, you don't pack a guest off with a gift. So a lot of people will pack a guest off with like a fridge magnet or some like whatever is like a little thank you for staying here. Don't do it at the point of checkout because as soon as they get in the car, it goes in the dashboard and it's forgotten about instead have something arrive at their home, like get their postal address and ship something to them 72 or a week later, just to say, Hey, thank you so much for supporting a local business. Here's a little gift from us just to say, thank you. Again, it could be a box of chocolates. It could be whatever, right? It doesn't have to be much, something that will remind them of the area. And, and because it's being posted to them and it's a week later, that will hit home so much more than if you just pack them off with something, because again, they're back into their routine. Um, it's something that's come through the post because nobody posts anything anymore. 
because everybody does everything via email or whatever. Um, so again, when everyone's zigging, you're disrupting it, you're zagging. And it, it's a little gift in the post and it'll mean, I mean, so much more. You combine that with a call. And again, it's, it's massive on what you can get with reviews, upsells, repeat bookings, referrals, et cetera. Ryan's about to rip this table apart because he has a question. He's got like a thousand questions. I'm looking at, I'm looking at him across there. He's like, he's like, I'm next, dude. Yeah, really quick. Go ahead. So it's it's a play off this because, and I also read this in your book. Can you talk to the QR code technique? I believe you leave something on the fridge and then also something yeah. by the calendar or about the door on the way out. Either yeah. I think it to uh, inquire about a review or ask a review or also a referral for a friend or family member to come back to the place. So when I said at the start of the story, we were able to get to the top three on TripAdvisor. And this is 2014. This is when TripAdvisor was a thing. Now, not so much. But in 2014, if you were ranked in the top three on TripAdvisor, you were like the shit. You were amazing. Like uh, it was a big, big deal. And the reason how we got there is we asked for reviews when the people were staying with us. And we identified two key touch points in the room because our room is like real estate gold, marketing gold. You know, Amazon are investing billions in getting these little echo devices. Mine is literally going to go crazy right now. But like to get them into every single room in your house so that they've got a uh, an advertising They feature. can watch you. Exactly. <laughs> watch you, hear you. Mine now says, hey, it's a month since you ordered this coffee. You should order more. And I'm like, yes, I should order coffee. You know what I mean? Amazon invests in billions. But we were able to do this for less than a couple of pounds. We were able to identify the key touch points in our rooms and our properties. And that was the front door. People have to come in out and the fridge. And literally all we did, we got a nice little sign, laminated it with a QR code that, uh, that just said, um, please leave your review on TripAdvisor. Scan this code to leave your, your review. We didn't say five-star review because we didn't want to seem like we were misleading them. We were saying, leave your review on TripAdvisor. Um, every month, I think the wording is something like, every month we pick one person who's left a review and they will win a bottle of wine that is shipped to them. And that simple ask, a simple ask with a dangling of the carrot afterwards Man, we got thousands of reviews, like tons, right? And they were leaving it literally while they were walking down to breakfast or they were going off wherever. And it, and, and it was key. And it's something that's so easy to do. Now, for you, you may not want to drive reviews to TripAdvisor. For you, you may want to grow your Instagram following. Uh, you may want to increase X, Y, or Z. Um, and again, simple QR code, totally free, sends them to, sends them to Instagram, Another thing that that we tested, and I tested this with a client because I wanted to make sure that it wasn't just working with us. We wanted to see if it was working with others. Is we did a a monthly social media competition. So it was up, upload your vacation pictures to Instagram, tag us in, and use this hashtag every month. That person will win. I think if they did a bottle of Spanish red wine because they were based in Spain, and you know it works really well. And the cool thing about that is that if you're crap at creating content. This is a, a, a little hack on how to have your full month's calendar sorted by using your guest pictures because people buy from people. If people see people having a good time at your property, they'll buy into that. They'll stop the scroll. And, you know, the, the, the cool thing about that is that think about when people mostly take pictures and post them on social media. It's when they're on vacation because they love to show off to the people at home or are sat in the office jobs or doing the score run, et cetera. And so you're tapping into when people are already posting, taking lots of pictures and just asking them a simple ask with dangling the carrot on the end of it. 
And again, QR code, place it on the fridge, place whatever. I've seen these really cool things. You can go on Etsy now and you can buy Instagram signs that you can like wooden Instagram signs that you can leave on the table or whatever. And it's, again, it's just, just asking. Um, and anybody who does, little DM, thank you so much. By the way, here's a little friends and family referral discount. Da, 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 da. You can do all of that cool stuff that's on the back of it, but that's next level. But simply, just QR code. Perfect. So Mark, besides being a wealth of knowledge and like truly being an expert in your, in your craft, which it's so evident, you know, some people walk the walk, but you're talking the talk too. And that's kind of what I want to get into is that you basically, your organization, Boostly, is building websites to help people do this for themselves, right? Can you describe that product that you offer, building the website, what you walk them through and how you get um, individuals who are in the short-term rental business and mid-term rental business optimized? Yeah, sure. Um, so in 2018, in the hospitality community group that I mentioned about, I was giving all his helps and tips and advice. And then I started Boostly giving his helps, tips and advice. But the main pushback came always at the website. We never wanted to really go into website design because we already knew that a lot of people already had a website. And so I was giving helps, tips and advice, but they would come back to me saying, my website designer won't do it. Um, I've got my own website, but I don't know how to do this. Oh, it was, you know, I've got a free website with a property management software tool and it won't let me do X, Y, Z. So we had so many people come to us. We just thought, right, we're just going to have to do this. If we want to achieve the goals that we want to achieve by helping all these people, we're going to have to do it. So we started doing uh, websites. And the, and the main thing that I would say to anybody who is thinking about a website, you're going to get given all this choice. There's Wix, there's Squarespace, there's your free website with your property management software tool. But the most used CMS, which is content management system that is in the world is WordPress. So 62, 63% of all the websites that are out there in the world are built on WordPress. So go and get yourself a WordPress website. And I know that when you look at a WordPress website from scratch, it looks like you need a degree in coding on just how to use it. So that is why what we did is we, we, we built our WordPress. We got a theme and we what we do is we uh, put together a theme that's 80% done. So if you've got between one to six properties, um, you can purchase one of our websites, the templates being 80% done. All you need to do is flip out the pictures and change up the copy and boom, you've got a, a website personalization and you can get it done in a, in a few hours. So it's a WordPress working website, which is great, sound, easy to do, ready in a few hours. For those that have leveled up their business, and I say leveling up is going seven plus properties. So once you pass seven properties, by now you've got a working property management software tool, you're probably listed on a few channels. Um, you may have a semblance of a website in, in place, but you want to go to step up. You want to get more bookings. You want to build a brand. You want to have a website that's built full of trust. So what we did here was we started to create a done for you solution that is, we will build it for you. And the main goal is with this website, and this is how it separates us from everybody else, is that we went to the property management software tools. So Guesty um, hostfully host away, you name it. We went to them and we said, we want to create a two-way connection because the current booking process, and there's five steps of the booking process. Um, the, the current booking process is broken at the most important one, which is the booking section. Because when somebody lands on a, on a, on a website and it's not a smooth booking process, the guest will leave. So if the user experience of that guest is broken, they will leave and they'll never come back. So we found a solution, but we needed to connect to the PMSs. So there's only like a handful of agencies in the world who have these connections, and we're lucky to be one of them. And what it means is that when a guest lands on, on one of your direct booking websites, 
it, you're a bookable within three clicks. It's as powerful as Airbnb. Airbnb was built for clickable in free. Uh, it's like the Amazon model, and this is what we've created as well. And um, yeah, it's gone crazy. Because we've now got that link, we can track bookings. And we're one of the only agencies that can track, actually track bookings. So a lot of people say, well, we helped our clients generate da-da-da-da in direct bookings, but we've actually got the proof and the numbers. Um, and anybody can go and see it anytime. Just type in boostly.co.uk forward slash board, B-O-A-R-D. And it will take you to our, our Gecko board where we're tracking all of the latest data and all of the bookings. And last year we did 5 million. Um, and, and we've got, we've got websites all over the world. And yeah, it's, it's super powerful, this thing. And then the next step of what we're going to be doing is, um, is going to change the game forever. So, uh, I can't say more cause we're building it, but when it is ready, um, every single Boostly member is going to be free to, um, who's currently with us, but yeah, it's going to, it's going to change the game. What we're going to do next. Just take uh -oh. my money now, dude. Yeah, dude. Uh, <laughs> Just take my, I'm damn. wiring it tonight. So that's, uh, I mean, we're already an advocate of you. We're, we're, um, working together to try to help our own organization do it. So it's great. Everyone go out there and go follow Mark. And then also, I mean, if you're in the short-term rental game, I, I'm just saying it to try to help you out. Like you're you just going to get left behind. I, yeah. Like respectfully, respectfully, like, like, yeah. like respectfully left behind. Like, <laughs> like I'm not, uh, we're not trying to, we're not a rain on your parade or anything like that. Or, you know, if you trust Airbnb to the max, just go back to the beginning of this episode. And, and for all these reasons, you'll understand why you need to create your own business, your own brand, your own identity in case some of these things fall off. Yep. Um, I've personally, firsthand seen some of the websites that Mark and team have put together and they're absolutely incredible. He has a ton of samples on his website as well, but everything is top notch from the about us section, the frequently asked questions, there's reviews at the bottom of the page, website pages that, and there's also a plugin that can, it only pulls through your top reviews. So it looks like you have five stars across the board, which is like, it makes you more marketable. And then the pictures are very high quality. Some of them also have live chat features. There's just so many things that are thoughtfully put together and, and not forgotten that it'll just blow your mind. So it's an incredible product. Corey and I mentioned we're using it. So um, we'll be a case study here for Mark and we'll, we'll see you guys in a couple months here and we'll send you our final product and you'll be able to see it firsthand. And then, you know, um, hopefully you'll, you'll find it intelligent enough to use Mark's, uh, Mark's platform as well. So yep. um, Mark, all that being said, there's a lot of things. I want to transition a little bit away from the website if yep. you're cool with that, and talk about optimizing your listings because some people may say, hey, I need a website. Others may be like, hey, I'm just going to do my own thing for a little bit, see how it goes, but I need help optimizing my listings. I see a bunch of people posting pictures or headlines with emojis. There's 47 pictures where there may only need to be 20. Can you just talk to us about maybe some tips and tricks you've learned along the way to optimize your listings and how you can stand out and kind of, kind of play towards the algorithm. If you are going to stay on these OTAs. Yeah, definitely. And the cool thing is as well, is that if you don't want to go through this manually yourself, there are solutions and providers that are out there right now, for example, uh, rank breeze, um, is, is one of them where they will take your listings and they will, um, tweak it depending on the algorithms, et cetera. And that's not just for, um, Airbnb, we're looking to bring in Verbo as well. So that's really cool. But there's some simple things that everybody sort of misses. The first thing, everybody log in right now and just make sure all the amenities are up to date. Airbnb are changing it pretty much on a weekly basis at the moment on the new amenities that they can put on the listing. And so many people don't log in and, and don't keep that up to date. And 
you know, it's a task that could take maybe an hour. Um, it's definitely something that you as the business owner shouldn't be doing, uh, especially if you're looking to hire the who, not how. You hire somebody, you show them how to do it, you create your SOPs, your IPOs, and they can be doing it for you. So the, the amenities is, is a big one, and it's one that so many people don't, don't realize. Number two is, well, the obvious one really is, is the pitches. Everybody talks about it, good quality pitches. Um, and we, we talk about uh, surveying, surveying your guests, find out why people booked. But when you find out, and if you can narrow it down to say, hey, I booked because of this picture, I saw this picture and it really stood out. And if that's the common thing that's coming back, then make that the number one image. I call it the USP, your unique selling photo, the one that's on the on, on the list and on the scroll. When it comes to your title, um, yeah, I mean, you've got to speak to your audience. And this is the thing, you don't set and forget it because there's going to be different times during different parts of the year where that title needs to change. So for example, uh, we're recording this now in January. The Super Bowl is obviously coming up. Anybody who's in Arizona, I think it's in Scottsdale um, or somewhere around there, I've seen people that are changing the title of the listing to say, you know, ideal for the Super Bowl, right? And that is something that will tweak. Obviously in March and in, in April after it's disappeared, you're not going to have that in your title. So never set and forget. Tweak it, change it. Depends on the avatar and the time of the, the, time of the year and the description. So the description, obviously bullet points. Don't do big blocks of text. Um, focus really on why. So again, going back to avatar, who are the people coming to your area? What is your property ideal for? So if it is literally five minutes from a stadium or if it's, you know, um, ideal for super fast Wi-Fi, you talk about it in bullet points and list it off from the most important listing down. And the final one, which is obviously bringing it back to direct bookings and getting people to your website is your bio. So everybody's got an Airbnb bio. It's quite rare to have one. Uh, other channels don't do it as this, but you've got a great opportunity in that bio to showcase that you are not just a part-time host, right? Uh, you're not just got a second holiday home and you're just listening on air for fun. You can show that you're a proper company, you know, proper brand. You just got to showcase it off. So where the portfolio picture is, say that this is, you know, a business and a brand, you can put your logo on there. Instantly separates you from somebody who's just doing it as a, as a hobby. You can mix it up and you can play around with it. Uh, sometimes people like to see smiley, happy pictures. Sometimes people will appreciate to see a logo though instead. But whatever you do, that, that first line of your bio is key. So you can say, hey, my name is Mark. I'm the owner of Insert Your Business Brand, whatever that may be. Um, and then the next line is is, is key. Just say, um, we are the number one Da, 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 in insert your town and location, check out the, our online reviews. They're, they're, they're really good. Or you can check out our IG, which is obviously short for Instagram at, and then leave a space and then put your handle. Don't put Instagram.com forward slash your handle, because obviously that URL will get flagged by Airbnb. You can put IG at, put your name after it. So your handle. So then people will see it and go to your Instagram or they'll check out your online reviews. You can't put a domain in like www.booster.co.uk, Airbnb or flag it, but you can be cute because when the guest is on your Airbnb listing, I guarantee they'll have a ton of other tabs open as well. And they're going to be looking and they do read that bio. And, you know, if you can be cute on there and you can direct people from there to your website, then you're basically you're utilizing the Airbnb marketing but you're driving them to your website. And if you've got a decent direct booking website, you'll mousetrap and suck them in and then they'll come for your portfolio. Because again, when they look at your listing for the first time, they will not know that you are 
somebody that's got, say, 10, 15, 20, five properties, they'll think you'll just be one. But if you can then direct them to your website and say, hey, you know, if you like this, check us out. We've got more. You know, if this isn't available, we've got this. And we've also got this, 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 and this. And you're dragging them away from one OTA to your own little mini OTA, which, which is key. And finally, the, the last one, and this is something that so many people don't do, but if you start doing it, it will definitely help you, especially if you're in an area that is close to stadiums or let's say a ski resort and like your chalet is here and, and the dry ski ski runs are here and all the ski runs are here. Go on to Fiverr and type in vector map, V-E-C-T-O-R-M-A-P, vector map. And what you're going to do is you're going to get somebody for literally less than $100, $50 max, I'd say, uh, to do a vector map. And it's basically a square image and it's a map of the town, the city, the location where you're at. And they'll pinpoint where your property is. And then they'll also highlight near to you where the big sort of landmarks are, like the skiing, there'll be the ski slopes. Let's say you're in New York City or wherever, and it's like, here's here, this is where everything else is. And you dump that into your top six pictures. And that disrupts the listing because people will click on that and they'll go, okay, what is this? And on there, you can brand where your business is. You can have like a little watermark on the bottom right to say, this is part of da, 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 da. And, you know, it, it will it will disrupt the listing, it will disrupt the flow, and then they'll go and find out more. If you put your little, uh, maybe a little cheeky web link or a cheeky QR code on there, you know, you never know what you could uh, could potentially do and drive them to. Um, so that's some listing tips. There's tons more, but those for me are the most important ones. Uh, Mark, it's it's interesting. I already read your book. I'm, I'm on to the second one. And then there's another one you recommended as well. That That's just on my list. But I'm firing, I'm crushing notes on as we're talking and as you're just spinning out advice after advice. I think it, you're just a wealth of knowledge here, man. And it's it's a pleasure to have someone that knows their craft so well. Just come on and, and share it with us for in our listeners for free. If, if, for people listening, if you don't have a pen and paper out, you might want to save and download this episode and come back to it because there's so many little golden nuggets throughout that Marcus hit on that we're going to implement literally tomorrow or then or, or in a week's time into our business because they're just so key and they're little cheat codes. I, and from someone who's done this for so many years, Mark, it's, it's just, it's incredible that you can rattle these off. Like it's, it's second nature to you because it actually is. Um, the, I wanted to touch on something real quick and like an incentive incentivization that you're talking about to the direct booking for people that just brought like a broad picture. For example, yeah. Airbnb and Verbo have all these rules like check in at four and, uh, you know, check out at 11. Like they have this systematized thing where you can incentivize guests. Hey, if you want to book direct, you know, I can, you can, you can check in whenever you can check in at 12, you can check out at whatever. And it gives people, it's also incentivized, not just, Hey, book direct with me. And they're going to save money, right? They're not going to get hit with any fees or service fees or anything like that in Airbnb. So I think that just to give people an idea of like, well, why would they go to direct if all the listings are on Airbnb? And that's kind of a reason why you can, you can, I, I was uh, traveling to St. Petersburg in, in, in Tampa, the Tampa area. And I remember messaging my guest and she was, or I'm sorry, the host, and she was amazing. It was all through Airbnb. And I was at, my flight was there at 12. I couldn't check in until four and she couldn't really do anything about it. It was all on a timer system. And I, I left her a five-star review because she was awesome. But I just think that there's maybe somebody's kind of an ass and would get mad about that. And, and I know the hospitality business. So I would never, I would never leave a bad review unless it was like insane, but somebody might, and then you're boom, you're, you're stuck with the algorithm. So just to point that out there, a little tip. 
that little thing I was just going to say, when it comes to incentivizing the guest to book direct, you're absolutely right. And if you think that this is like new ground, all you need to do is take a step back and go look at what the Marriott do. Go look at what the Hilton do. Go look at what these big chains do. Go look at their website. And there's a, there's a section of booking direct. So if they understand, obviously at scale, that if, if they can increase their direct bookings, they're going to save a ton in, in commission. So they incentivize the guest to book direct earlier check-in time, later checkout, free Wi-Fi. You know, um, I, I have something called Operation Welcome Hamper. And basically all you need to do is go get a little wicker basket from a TJ Maxx and have it in your property. And because every single person, pretty much that I know, provides free tea, free coffee, maybe a free bottle of champagne on arrival, maybe a couple of like local delicacies, biscuits or whatever. Right. But we just leave it out. Like it's a, like it's a verbatim, like it's, like it's literally standard. If somebody books direct, you literally have this wicker hamper stored in a cleaning closet or wherever and message the cleaner who's doing the switch around and say, Hey, operation welcome basket. The cleaner will get the wicker hamper out, but put the tea and the coffee in the basket, in the basket with the champagne, with some local goodies and a little card just to say, um, thank you so much for booking directly with us as a, as a thank you is our welcome hamper. Here's like a little goodies from us just to say thank you. And we have to start implementing the sort of realizing to the guests what book direct means. I actually tested this out. We went down to a, a very popular tourist location. We had the BBC News with us and we interviewed like 20 people. And we said, do you know what book direct means? 18 of them said, I haven't got a clue. Or we asked them uh, another little test we did. We asked, how did you book your stay? And they said, booking.com, da, 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 da. And so it's, we've got to sort of re-educate our guests. Like my whole goal is to help 1 million hosts cut down on over-reliance on Airbnb. And I do that by re-educating hosts. But in turn, I just can't have it stop at the host. We need to get those 1 million hosts re-educate their guests. And we do it by talking to it on your website, on your socials, when people check in on the emails. Hey, did you know that next time you book with us, if you book direct, you will, you know, it doesn't have to be money. People always focus on the money. Like they'll get a cheaper rate. Some people will pay the same, but it's the incentives that will drive it home. For example, if you right now on your, on your OTAs, if you go on there and you set your check-in time at four o'clock, right? But your check-in time, you know, your check-in time could be one o'clock, right? Is one o'clock. What we used to do at our place is our check-in time was always one o'clock. What I did is I went to every single online travel agent that we're part of, and I moved it to four or five o'clock. And as soon as a guest booked, we had the, uh, the automated email go out, which is like this confirmation message. And it, it said in the subject heading, very important, read this email, checking information in, in it. Right. And they open it up and it says, thank you, uh, Corey, for booking your stay. You're arriving on the 1st of February, checking out on the 4th. Price is this much. Um, make sure you read the next bit because it's very important checking information. And what we put in the email was, if you have checked with us directly, aka phone, website or email, your checking time is 1 p.m. If you have booked with us via one of our third parties, aka Airbnb, Booking.com, Expedia, your checking time is five o'clock. And then the next line was, if there's anything you'd like to amend about your stay, here's my private cell number, call me directly. And this is genius because when a guest sees that, like your example, and they're going, well, hang on a second. If I had a book directly, I got an earlier check-in time. I want that earlier check-in time. And so they call me up and they go, hey, Mark, um, you know, I've seen a thing about the earlier check-in time. How do I do that? How do I book direct? Well, one of you should say that. Um, I can sort it right now for you. You can open up your PMS systems right in front of you. So I've got guests to open in front of me. Uh, okay, Corey, just for security reasons, can you please give me your full email address? 
because they've typed their email in, but obviously Airbnb, Booking.com, Verbo, they don't, well, Verbo do now, but they don't share, they didn't used to share their email with you. Airbnb and Booking.com certainly don't. So you've got their email, number one data point. Second thing for just for added security, can you please just give us the card details that you booked with? Again, you get in the card details. So card, boom, boom, boom. Fantastic. Right. What I just need for you to do, I can't do it for you because you've booked this day. I just need for you to just quickly just go and cancel down that listing. Um, I'll stay on the phone with you and I'll book you in direct. You'll get the earlier check-in time. Um, and also as well, boom, boom, boom. Well, whatever else incentives you want to throw at them. Let's do that. Super quick, done, sorted. And that's a super quick turnaround, how to turn an, an OTA booking into a direct. And that used to be super hard on Airbnb because of that service charge. Obviously, Airbnb started with 3% to the host and then like 12, 13% to, to the guests and I called it a service charge. My prediction is that that service charge is going. They're getting rid of cleaning fees. I think as soon as somebody and they start kicking off about these service charges, that will go next. And I think it's been part of Airbnb's roadmap for a while. They purchased Hotel Tonight because they want to take on Booking.com. They want to take on Verbo and they've caught them up now. But the next part of their total dominance, they need to get rid of his service charge because it causes a lot of uproar in the API into all these systems that they're doing. And then that's when they'll get rid of the 3% and it'll just be a flat rate, 14%. And it's really interesting that they charge hosts now 14% if you upgrade to their business or you connect an OPA because booking.com and Verbo, their starting commission cost is 15%. That 1% is like a little fuck you to booking.com and Verbo. And I can just see where they basically benchmark and put everybody else on. So this trick and tactic becomes easier on Airbnb than it is on booking.com or Verbo. That's an amazing tip. And you you save a great percentage. I, you're filled with these things, man. So appreciate <laughs> this. I, like It's amazing. Um, one thing I did want to touch on is we keep, we talked about this earlier in the episode, but everything's an experience, right? You're, you're, comp- you're combating with the hotels and people want to go when they go on vacation and they stay in your place, they want to be able to take photos and share the memory with people, right? They're always posting on social media. So my question to you is, you know, some of our properties and we're in the Poconos, we're in the mountains and it's good for uh, skiing, snowboarding, there's breweries around, but then also in the summer you can, there's lake activities and things like that. It just, it kind of goes with the, the weather, right? My question to you is how can we make a cabin like feel more Instagrammable. And I, I always see, there's a few people we have, um, we have some friends that own businesses down in Nashville and they have the big wings in their property painted on a wall and, or they have the, the green grassy backdrop with the neon fluorescent lights that has their brand name on it. I'm just thinking of tips and tricks like that, that you may have for us, where it's like a mountainscape to, to bring a little bit of love to these top six pictures, if you will, and then have people, you know, shout us out on uh, Instagram, TikTok, wherever they may be, just to, to make things more Instagrammable. So there's so many cool examples that I've seen of this. And um, even in picturesque places like the one you're talking about is they go and um, hire a local um, join or whatever to make a, a wooden sign. And they literally have that in the backyard. Say that there's like a, the, the, the back of the property backs out and the view is just stunning, right? From there, there's a little section where you can get the wooden sign where people can stand in and it's like a like a like an Instagram, like a Polaroid picture, like a wooden frame. And then on the bottom of it, it's like the Instagram handle or it's like the hashtag, whatever, um, whatever that could be. And then to say, this is where you take your, your Instagram moments. And then it's like branded with your stuff. And obviously they take it and, and upload it. That's like, you know, if you've ever been to Bali, 
or ever associate Bali, you know that's where the Instagrammers go for that swinging shot off the thing or the like the, the, the whatever. And that's basically every single cafe that you go into in Bali, there's areas of Shangu or wherever you go, where it's lit, everything is Instagrammable with the flowery walls and the neon signs, et cetera. And it's not, you don't have to go to that extent, but I definitely feel like the more that you can make your property Instagrammable in 2023, the more that you will thrive on the other end. Like something that I've seen people put in now um, in uh, in Joshua Tree is uh, games rooms, you know, games rooms where the garage used to be. So put all that cool stuff in there. That's guest experience, but it's also like Instagrammable. And if you can, murals, I see so many really cool wall murals now. Um, and if you can brand it and make it look awesome, then again, that just becomes a bit more Insta- Instagrammable. Um, yeah, cool. Can go to the extreme or you can do the simple and just you know if if you've got a property like we were so fortunate where we were our views at the granary were just stunning and you know every time um people visited they were taking pictures and they we, we asked them to tag us in that was the major thing tag us in and put like your location tag for us because then when you went onto our instagram page and you did tagged we had all of our people uploading pictures and the cool thing is is i used to go for every single one and like one in every 10 there would be an influencer staying with us and we didn't know about it. And this influencer could have 20, 30, 40, 50, a hundred thousand. We discovered somebody had a hundred thousand followers. And it was all of them were uh, young 20 to 30 year olds who had kids, families, and they were our ideal avatar. So we reached back out to the Instagrammer who had already stayed with us and say, Hey, um, is there any way we could work together? You know, you could come back, have a free stay and we do some proper work like YouTube videos and whatever drone shots and whatnot. And she was like, yeah, absolutely. Did that properly advertised it. And it drove in a ton, a ton of traffic, a ton of bookings from just doing that one thing. And it's just from, from an Instagram post. Brilliant. I uh, always refer back to, I forget the episode in the 50s with um, Brennan from uh, Budget Dog. And he said, attention is a new currency. And I, I bring it up sometimes because my sister's an influencer. And when I say that, I almost like kind of laugh to myself, but like, it's so legit. It's not even funny. Like she's been going to Italy, Mexico, uh, she's been to France. She's been all over the United States for free and staying in all these places because that she promotes them. And that's kind of the new, one of the, her new phases that she's done. She's more of like a lifestyle and fashion yeah. and clothing. But like, if you have 150,000 followers and you stay at a place, why would they not give you a free stay? I mean, it's just, it's more eyes, it's more attention. So I yeah. love that idea. And, uh, did you have something to add there, Mark? Well, I was going to say that, as well as every guest having a story, treat every guest like they are an influencer. Because even if they have 10 followers or 10 people that are, you know, that know, like, love and trust them and follow them online and they're staying with you and they're posting about you online, they're going to go home and say, hey, where are you staying? Or they'll DM and say, hey, where are you staying? That looks amazing. So every guest is an influencer. And an influencer is so convoluted with like numbers. But if you've got a, a thousand people that follow you, but every time you post, you get 999 people liking, commenting, sharing, then technically that is so much more valuable than if you approach somebody with like 200,000 followers. And whenever they post, they only get like um, 10% of that engaging with it. And so every guest who stays with you is influential in some way, shape or form, whether it's on a mass scale or whether it's on a micro scale of friends, families, coworkers and whatnot. So yeah, there's the, all you got to do is ask, look at who's posting, see who's, see who's working in. Right before you know it, you'll, you'll have, you'll focus on 20% of your guests that drive in 80% of your profits. And if got you it. focus on that 20%, then, you know, show them a good time, treat them, send them gifts in the post, check in with them, talk to them, call them up. They'll be your sales and marketing machine all day long. 
It's amazing. Thank you for that. Um, two more things, just the last two tips. Can you talk to, you mentioned, we were going through amenities too, and you talked about the gift basket. Isn't there a website that um, kind of helps you out put like special packages together? And then also, can you talk to the last thing we'll, before we go into the last segment will be your Wi-Fi tip. I think it's StayFi is the company. So can you talk to those two things and then, then we'll go through the end? Yeah. So when it comes to upselling, upselling is a fantastic tool. Um, go and check out Mount. So rentmount.com. Um, also as well, shout out to host the host.co. Uh, they're giving the opportunity for you to create an online shop and upsell to your, to your guests, which is a, a really powerful tool. And yeah, the, the, the Wi-Fi one is really cool. Um, so the best way to describe this is anytime you go into a Starbucks or an airport, you want to get hold of the Wi-Fi, you've got to give up your email, your email and your name. So then they can, you know, remarket and send your emails in the future. I've tried messing with this technology 10 years ago. It wasn't ready. But now there's a company that is exclusive for the short-term rental game. And it's called StayFi, S-T-A-Y-F-I.com. Um, and the beauty of it is, is that when a guest books with you, and let's just say you've got a property that sleeps 14 people, Mad example, but uh, uh, so you'll have two or three, maybe friend groups or a couple of families that are all coming together to reconnect. You will only get the head booker's details, which is great, but there's 13 people that don't know or you can't get access to. So with StayFi, you get all of the guests' uh, information because let's just say there's 14 people and the lead booker lives in another country who is never, ever, 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 ever going to come back to your area. But the other friend groups live about two hours away. With StayFi, you've got their details, their data, so you can remarket and retarget them um, two, three, four, nine months down the line. And the thing that StayFi are building next, and it's, I, I wish I created this company. I don't. I don't have any affiliation. They don't pay me to say, this. I just love this product. And I've got to know the owner well. Um, the next thing that they've got coming in is to be able to build out SMS, automated text messages, email um, email messages uh, to the guest as well. And it's all done through um, through automation. So whatever that may be in the future. So yeah, very, very, very powerful tool. And it's very cost-effective. Love it. That's awesome advice. Thanks, Mark. So as we wind down the show here, before we get to the last drop, I want to talk about your books. So you have two books that you authored, uh, direct, the direct, sorry, the the book oh, direct yeah. playlist. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. geez. Oh, fuck. <laughs> We're going to have to cut, cut that. that Jake, dude. <laughs> um, okay. So it, the book direct playbook, the book direct book blueprint. playbook and then the book direct blueprint. Let me, let me lead that. Let me lead that in here. <laughs> let me lead that in. Okay. So I love my bed. Your two books, uh, the book direct playbook and the book direct blueprint. And you have them there. You were just showing them up, but is there a specific order? Can you talk about these books? Like, should you read one before the other? Kind of what what they offer and and what what was your inspiration behind re, uh, writing them? Yeah, so um, you can get them both at the same time. Uh, I first put the playbook together. And when I first started to put together, I had a chapter which was about the, the systems and the structures and the tools and the software to put in place. But it didn't fit. It didn't feel right. Um, because the playbook was all about marketing. There's like 101 direct book in marketing tips. So I pulled the chapter at the last minute and I was just going to sit on it. To be honest, I was just going to leave it on a Google doc and come back to it maybe in a couple of years time. Um, but then uh, I was part of a co-authored book, which was called Hospitable Hosts. And it was such a good experience because Jody Sterling, who was the founder of that and the, the sort of the brains behind it, got 40 hosts together who told their stories. Like there's a story behind every host. And I enjoyed that process so much. It was last July. Um, the idea of the, the blueprint came to mind. 
And this chapter that I'd sort of packed and it was like, well, how could I turn one chapter into a 50,000 word book? And I was like, well, why don't I reach out to peers, friends, vendors in the industry from different categories, from, you know, trust to insurance, to upsells, to digital guidebooks, dynamic pricing, property software tools. And we could all put a chapter together in and create this ultimate blueprint. Um, and that's what we did last December. We launched it. So a couple of weeks ago, we launched it. It came number one, which was fantastic. And, you know, every single book that we sell, every profit that comes from it goes to uh, food bank charities, which is a, like a big thing for, for, for me to help this year. And it's like, it's amazing. I've absolutely loved the, the whole process to it. So you can buy book, both books at the same time. Um, the more and more that I speak to different hosts at different part of their journey, maybe the blueprint is the one that they crack on with first they put the systems and the structures in place. And then once they're ready to ramp up and scale and properly market, then they can get the playbook. Or they may be in a, in a position where they just need to get bookings in right now and then they can focus on the blueprint. So the cool thing is, is they're both there. And like the impact that they're having is unreal. Um, the messages that I'm getting is, 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 is awesome. And it's like the best way for me to tap into like 10 years of things that are stood, stuck in here, how I can get like the, the most impactful things down in a book that anybody can download, listen to, or get the printed version within like a couple of days, minutes and, 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 you know, tap into it is, is awesome. So it just helps me get closer to that goal of helping 1 million hosts. Uh, and I never thought that the impact it would have had, to be honest, I just used it originally to tap into a marketing channel that I wasn't on, which is Amazon. Uh, and you know, the, the offset of that has been crazy. Once again, the book direct playbook and the book direct blueprint. I've already finished the playbook and it's incredible. Um, I What I really like about your writing style, Mark, is uh, the way you broke it up each chapter. You don't have to read the book from front to back. You can go through the, the table of contents in the beginning, figure out the topic you need help on in your business and just jump right to that chapter. You also have a little underlying theme about a soccer match throughout. So I know they're yeah. a big Liverpool fan. So yeah. I want to plug that too. If you have any signed jerseys or anything you want to send to Mark, feel free. <laughs> and uh also, I just want to say thank you because it's been such a huge help to us already in our business. And it's been a week, like literally we, we've gone through, I mean, I read it over the weekend, took a bunch of notes down, but it's things that we're implementing right away. And then what I really like too, is especially with the blueprint, I'm only a couple chapters in, but you speak to the vendors that you've used and in your relationships with these people and people like us who have never met these people can just jump right in and get connected with them and implement it into our business. So it's like, it's a call to action book. There's no, there's not too much fluff, which I like. I, I'm, I'm very much a self-help guy and like, just tell me how to do it. I'm going to go do it. And then yeah. I can, I like having the book on me. Like there's a, you talked about the tip and I think a lot of people do this is like, you get the auto audible version, then you have the paperback version and you're going through listening while reading. I've, I did that for one of the books, but for me, I just like having, the hard copy so I can go through, write notes, revert back to it. And uh, it's been super helpful. So thanks for writing. Yeah, Rye carries around a duffel bag full of books. So wherever he goes, he just brings all of them because he's got like highlighted notes on all the books. <laughs> Where <laughs> I just listen to them on audiobook, retain 10% and then just forget the rest. So it's it's pretty, uh, it's not the way to do it. I, it's I yin and yang, dude. Yeah, we work together. Exactly. Exactly. So, well, like, I got that tip from Tim Ferriss, like the, the way that he broke down tools of Titan. And I mentioned this, like that was a big inspiration for me. And when I came to put the playbook together, I really wanted to match that where you can just jump in, open up the chapter on email or how to create content or X, Y, or Z. And you can just do that, go away, implement it, and come back. So yeah, yeah thank you. I love that book. Uh, so thanks for mentioning it. It's called uh, Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss. It's a massive book, but basically it takes through what his 200 best podcast episodes and goes through... I mean, he's 
the one that I love the most, he, he interviewed Terry Crews. He interviewed uh, my, one of my favorites is Hugh Jackman. I just love that dude. And going through and you, you get uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, like all these celebrities and you get to figure out how they reach their level of success. Right. It's kind of like what we do for investors and people that are successful in the real estate game, but it's more so for just like what he's into at the moment, but uh, tools of Titans. And then also the four hour work week, those are huge inspirations for uh, Mark and Corey and myself. So cool books. Yep. If you haven't picked them up. So we we gave you a lot there, both of Mark's books, a couple other books. Um, I want to just thank you, Mark, for being like a true expert in your field. I mean, it's kind of easy nowadays to spot the phonies. Like you can see them all over Instagram and who's real and who's not. And like you're living it every day and, and you're and you're helping people. You're helping us. I think a lot of people would get some significant value from this, especially if they're in the the, the you know, the hospitality business. But before we get to the end of the show, the last drop. Last question. We kind of want to get a little personal. Knowing what you know now, Mark, let's say you can go back to your 18-year-old self. You know, you've been through a lot. You've seen a lot. What advice would you give your younger self uh, if you could talk to you? Yeah, I would definitely go down the route of of who, not how sooner. I feel like for the from like up until I read the Tim Ferriss book of Four Hour Work Week definitely just did things a lot slower by thinking that only I could do it. And when you start to sort of realize, well, it's not, how do I do this task? It's who do I get in to help me to do this task? It was a massive, a massive shift for me and I, and even when I started Boostly, I was still going down that mindset and it, it took a while, but as soon as you sort of flip that switch, you know, you pop that Pringle tin, so to speak, you know, once you pop your cats out and that's been massive for me. And I recommend that to, 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 to anyone is, you know, is, is, uh, don't always try and figure out how you're going to do it. It's like, who can you find in? It will help you do this. I Did love you. Say pop that Pringle. He said, once you pop the phone, don't stop, dude. That's, that's the Pringle <laughs> tagline. I was like, wait, what's go- okay. I got, I love okay. his little innuendos and it, this, it's cool to like hear the slang of, of, yeah. uh, the U S and then the UK and like just little things you have going on. Dude. I love it. It's, <laughs> it's entertaining. I actually, another thing in your book is, um, and it's a super basic, phrase, but it's something that I have up on my desk now. It's only been a week, right? So, or a couple of weeks, but it's, it's done is better than perfect. And for me, I've just, it's completely changed my mindset for 2023. I used to just have to perfect everything before I would go implement it. And then you forget about it. And you're like, Oh, I just have a note full of all this stuff, but I never go do anything. So now as soon as it's done, I just send it, do it, it yeah. delegate here, delegate left. And you know, it's, we can uh, nurture along the way, right? And and help and, and guide, but at least it's done. It's put into action. So uh, done is better than perfect. That's something I'll live by. And that was a tribute to, to your book. So thank you for that. Mark, overall, amazing episode. This is one of my favorites. I mean, 100%. It's, it's, super selfishly, it's, we, it's exactly what we needed for where we are in our lives and our business. So thank you for everything you've done. If people enjoy this episode, maybe they run a short-term rental business. They have a short-term rental or two of their own. They want to get in touch. They maybe want to use your services. What's the best way for people to find you, get in touch and network? No, yeah, absolutely. And thank you for it. And I, w- I will say as well, there's going to be a lot of people from different realms of like real estate, right? There's going to be some people that are not looking to do this, but are looking to work with a management company. You can still listen back to this episode because everything that I talk about should be the questions that you're asking the said management company when you're when they're in, when they're interviewing you or you're interviewing them. Uh, because you can easily spot the ones that are not got their shit together than the ones that have by giving the answers that they're giving back. So definitely use this. But if you are going down the route where this is going to be you, this is going to be your business and short-term rental, and this is something that you want to be sticking around for a long time, like grow, 
scale and potentially sell in the future, then come and have a chat. Uh, boostly.co.uk. So B-O-O-S-T-L-Y.co.uk. Start the journey there. Uh, and if you want to book a call with any of our team to chat about any of ways that we can help, boostly.co.uk and then forward slash call, C-A-L-L. So yeah, again, thank you for having me. I'm a big fan of the big fan of the show. I check out the Instagrams and, and all of that. And so I love it. So to be on it is a, an absolute pleasure. So thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on, Mark. It's our pleasure, Mark. And I got to say, they don't quite make them like you anymore. There's like super, you, as Corey mentioned, you see people out there and the authenticity that you have in the aura about you, just, I want people to know listening, he is 100% genuine. There's no sales pitches. It's just I, a, an average guy that made it and is absolutely amazing and an expert at his craft. And he's just looking to give back. So Mark, I couldn't write a higher uh, testimonial for you. If you ever need me to write one, I'm happy to do it because I think you're you're one of the best that, out there to do it. So thank you so much. Appreciate it. I'm going to clip that and send it to my wife. So when she's having a go at me, <laughs> you just play it back. Yeah, I got <laughs> your back, dude. Feel free to use it. <laughs> Thanks again. Thanks for tuning in this week to the Weekly Juice Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, subscribe, and share with friends. The more ratings we get, the more ears we'll get on our show. And in turn, we'll be able to provide you with more high-quality guests. You can also find us on Instagram at Weekly Juice Pod, where we post daily tips and tricks and document our own journey towards financial freedom. Make sure to tune in every Wednesday to get your weekly juice.